Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends. It's a podcast in book club format about horror movies. And this week we have The Strangers from 2008. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this is going to work is we are going to give you a little bit of history of this here film. We're going to talk about the film and all of its fantastical happenings. And then we're going to give you our rating based on a spoopy scale which uh, we have yet to figure out. But starting off, Mr. Dan, do you happen to have that good old history about The Strangers? So The Strangers 2008 movie. It was written and directed by Brian Bertino. Brian Bertino is known for doing movies like uh, writing and directing movies like The Monster, Mockingbird, and The Dark and the Wicked. One that we've covered a good while back. We did? Yeah, I think that was like... I think I was like four years ago or three years ago, something like that. I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> the Dark and the Wicked. Yeah, it's in there. That. Back catalog, baby. Well, you know why you may not remember, gentlemen. We are rapidly approaching our 100th episode, our centennial Horrible Friends episode. Yeah. It's amazing. Anyone listens to this shit. We've done it for almost four years, but still only just about to hit two years worth of content. <laughs> we were on a weekly schedule. That's that's something. Yeah, we're good. So the budget for this was around $9 million and box office it made around $82 million. Made, made quite, a, quite a bit of money. My understanding is this one was shelved for a little while for various reasons. Not shelved, but like post-production took a little longer than expected. And this performed well above expectation in theaters. Mm-hmm. And there's also right now they are working on the post-production for three new movies of the Stranger series. Yep. Insane. I mean, the sequel to this one, The Stranger's Prey at Night, happened 10 years later which is hugely surprising based off its box office success. It was actually a prequel. Yep, absolutely. And that uh, I think the the next three movies, they've already filmed all three and they did it, uh, if I remember correctly, when I looked it up, they did it in a span of two months. You're shitting me. Yeah, at least according to the Wikipedia, they did the principal photography for these three movies in the span of two months and they were shooting them at the same time. Is that good or bad? That's a great question. And we're going to find out. Yeah. And I mean, I'm excited to see. I think it's I think it's funny that this is the movie that we chose to like franchise because like we've watched a couple home invasion movies and like with Hush and I know we didn't watch funny games on here. Like we didn't talk about it, and watch it together. But like, I just think that there's like <laughs> there's better ones that we could have like franchised. Probably. You think so, huh? I, I do think so. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. That's not to say that this was this was bad. But are we are we gonna is this gonna be a differing in opinion episode? It, Does it, Jarvis it, die in a hill? It might be. Does Jarvis die on a hill in this one, guys? <laughs> he might. Oh. This is Jarvis's Iwo Jima. <laughs> <We're>... Well, <laughs> oh uh, 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 Jarvis, if you were and uh, did enjoy this movie, you are not alone. <laughs> okay. All right. So maybe I, I won't be running up that hill all by myself. You're, you're not alone. I'll at least be behind you pushing your ass up the hill. But what I will say is that I'm happy that we're getting more home invasion movies because I, I really like that genre of, of horror. I think it's it's very good. I was going to ask you guys, what do you how do you guys feel generally about home invasion? So I this is not the first one it. that we've done. 
I do it every other weekend, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fair. Even like Mar- Martyrs kind of started off as like a home invasion, right? Like when It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one genre jumps quite a few yeah, times and then it Yeah, it jumps a lot. But... New French Extremity was really just kind of trying to merge a lot of these subgenres and just try to fuck you up every which way. With this one, I feel like this is kind of like the juggernaut, the name brand of home invasion movies. It wasn't the first, right? You can compare it to uh, movies such as Funny Games or even Wolf Creek that came out a couple of years prior. Mm. But I can't think of another movie aside from this. Like when I when I say the word home invasion or when I think about home invasion, this is the movie that comes to mind. Aside from maybe Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. might be a bigger <laughs> and better home invasion. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the best home invasion movie, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also think of uh, When a Stranger Calls. Ooh, or uh, Black Christmas. Black Christmas is a good mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. One. yeah. Actually, that might that one or Funny Games might be my favorite ones. Just thinking out loud. There's such a playful energy in this one. And it did things just a little differently so that it set itself apart. Uh, and it built tension so well. The use of the masks. I know we're going to get into it all, but I just had a lot of fun with it. All right. Well, moving along uh, so we don't spend all of our time before we even get through the beginning. Our runtime for this is around an hour and 26. So nice quick watch. Other 2008 horror movies that came out around this time that we could kind of compare it to. We had Quarantine came out, Eden Lake, Cloverfield. And of course, of course, we had The Happening. So, you know, a lot of big name contenders. Huge, huge, really important movies of our yeah. of our time. The actors in this, we had um, Scott Speedman. Scott Speedman, you may know him from movies like Underworld, Grey's Anatomy, Crimes of the Future as a more recent movie. You know, he, he was in the movie. He was uh, he was here. I didn't know who he was. I'll be the first to say it. I had no idea. I I had no I idea who he was. It was the top star. I, I looked him up and I was like, oh, okay, he was uh, Michael in Underworld. Okay. But probably the bigger name actor in this is the actress, which is Liv Tyler. Uh, Liv Tyler yeah. is in things like Armageddon, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and personal favorite of mine, if, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but Empire Records. I love that. Yes. I actually got Jackie to watch Empire Records uh, this past so year. Good. I mean, it's not it. good, but it's so it's, good. It's not good. I think I only got her to watch it because I kept, I, I just went on the spree of just constantly quoting like, not Rex today. Manning Day? Yeah, not on Rex Manning Day. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a goddamn angel. She's literally like a yeah. human porcelain doll. Yes. I, I, I got upset her. in this movie because she is such a good actress, but I just feel like they did her character such a disservice. Like, I just don't think she was written very well. And I don't really? think that has anything to do with her. Oh, I can't wait to get into that then. The ADR guy must have been living his best life. Anything that she recorded, like in AD- her voice yes. is amazing. Yeah, it's so good. I was sitting there listening to it with headphones on. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, hello there. Liv. <laughs> the filming location of this was filmed in Timminsville and Florence, South Carolina. And now, with that out of the way, we have our tags. Been waiting all week. So, with our tags this week, we have six of them. You know, because one or or two wasn't (laughs) enough. So, here we go. I'm waiting for the end one where it's like, a woman stays in her house and is invaded by people. They come in through the windows sometimes and leave. (laughs) (laughs) Watch as she tries to survive. (laughs) I 
love the phrasing of she was invaded by people. <laughs> Not the house was invaded <laughs> by people. If you thought these games were funny, and if you thought that creep was wolf. Yes. <laughs> All right, let's, let's do it. Let's get into these. All right, here's our first one. Lock the door. Pretend you're safe. That's yeah, right. It's not great, it's, but it's, it's alright. It's not very good, but you know, it. There were some words, two sentences. Yep. How about this one? We tell ourselves there's nothing to fear, <laughs> but sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we tell ourselves that's a bad this one. Naughty little treat is gonna be fine. <laughs> I can have this. I can have this little treat. And sometimes we're wrong. Sometimes we're wrong. <laughs> but sometimes I'm wrong. That's that's me when I eat sometimes. cheese. Sometimes. Wait, 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 <laughs> cheese. I tell yeah. myself I can have this treat. I was wrong. wrong. Sometimes we tell ourselves we can have one more beer. And sometimes <laughs> yeah. we're wrong. <laughs> um, this, this next one I, I think is pretty good because it's, and you'll know it, it's the most famous line from the movie. Actually, Chris, what is it? Because you were home. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. it considered a tagline? That's why it was in the movie. They put it under taglines. I mean, I was going to IMDb and look at their what they put as taglines. I think Ooh. on one of the posters for the movie they had it. Yeah, on it's there. usually just on posters. Yeah, I mean, that is the breakout line from this. Just the cold indifference of the delivery of that line. Make like mm-hmm. It's literally verbal iconography. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's very similar to, I think in funny games, they say we were bored or something like that. Like, they're like, why are you doing this to us? Yeah. And they were like, we were bored. Yeah. But it's, it's very similar. Um, it's kind of a nihilistic movie. Like, it mm-hmm. it likes to tease and poke the audience. So I think that one, that line, by the way, is kind of a delayed fuse. Like, I didn't, like, really grasp how dark and horrifying that line was, like, back in 2008 when I first watched it. Just the insignificance of them. All right, we got three more. So next one. Inspired by real events. I don't like that one. That's I, dumb. It, it reminds me. That's not it a reminds me line. of the uh, uh, Blair Witch. Yeah, sure. there were a lot of movies doing this kind of in the early two thousands. It drew people in though. Uh, Paranormal Activity, right? Sure. That was yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, did. Yeah, Probably a couple yeah, years yeah. before then. I think same thing, same concept. Things <laughs> next to were terrible. What are you afraid of? Spiders home invasions i I don't (laughs) i think it was supposed to be like the person on the other side of the door like what are you afraid of like it's it's fine let us in i guess i'm trying i'm grasping at straws here (laughs) it's not is it weird that my answer is baby birds i just think they're so yucky (laughs) i really do that's an honest answer i'm afraid of them don't like to look at them i think their little feathers (laughs) developing look like little tentacles coming out don't like it all right, well, the next one's way worse, so um, what would you do if this was happening to you? <laughs> what would you do if this was happening to you? I don't know, cry and shit my pants? <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody walked past that poster and they were like, you know, that's a good question. What would I do? <laughs> better go in there and see what they do. And then maybe I can form an opinion. <laughs> and then this. maybe adjust my strategy <laughs> afterwards. You know, I, I got to say before I hand it off to Chris, I'm so happy that I started reading these taglines. I didn't realize how bad so many were to like draw people in. 
until we started talking about it. Yeah, it, they get like 10 assholes in a room and like <laughs> one of them is good and they're like, one guy's like, no, but I want mine. And that's why they keep something like, what would you do? <laughs> it's the one guy on the team. They're just like, just let him have it. It's fine. Just like, you know who Jerry's boss's, dad is. He's, yeah, he's the boss's son. We just got to let him have something. All right. And he really needs this, guys. Some fucking broad just turned out his marriage proposal. He really needs this today. <laughs> he really does. That's that. That's what when they said based on true events, that's the yeah, event that was, that was true. true. It was based on this guy. <laughs> the rest life. of it's all fake. <laughs> I can't wait to see the movie. Uh, yeah, just but we're, we're going to skip past the first few minutes if that's okay with you. <laughs> that's nothing important. Nothing can, important. can you get us popcorn? <laughs> all right. Well, with taglines out of the way, I'm going to give this over to Chris, who will give us our plot. Well, thank you, Dan. So our story starts with uh, James and Kristen uh, arriving at James's his like family's isolated uh, childhood summer home, which is always a good start to a love story. Coming home late after attending a friend's wedding, and clearly things aren't going so well because Kristen uh, rejected James's uh, proposal after the wedding. Uh, James calls his friend Mike and asks him to pick him up in the morning because you know he's clearly not happy about it. And then later that night, there's a loud knock at the door. Which uh, we see a young blonde woman whose face is hidden in the dark, asking James if Tamara's there. He tells her no, she's got the wrong house, and she leaves. Uh, James starts at the fireplace and leaves to get a pack of cigarettes for Kristen. Shortly after that, Kristen hears another knock at the door, and it's, uh, but doesn't open it. She asks who it is, and it's the same woman from earlier asking for Tamara. She tells her, you've already been here, and locks the door. Smoke from the fireplace sets off the smoke alarm, and when Kristen goes to shut it off, there's another loud knock at the door. Clearly scared, she calls James from the landline, asking him to hurry back and get back to the house, but the call is cut off. While she's standing in the kitchen, she is unknowingly watched by the man in the mask in a nearby hallway. And that is the end of part one. Yeah, that scene's amazing. It doesn't pull your eye to the man, but your eye is still pulled to the man. It's, it's just really mm-hmm. well shot. It's fantastic. No, it was very uh, good. I think the beginning of the movie is a little slow. I think things are just taking a, a bit, a bit slow. I mean, I guess you're building tension, but still, yeah. Slow. Um, that's why I really tried to get through it because the the beginning is just so yeah. slow and not a lot happens. You get character building. I, I appreciate that. I was going to say, yeah. do you find them to be poorly designed characters? Because I I felt like it was a a pretty competent story because we we're like just thrown into the current happenings of this relationship. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with Dan more on Liv Tyler's character because even in their happy moments in the flashbacks, I noticed kind of like this just kind of like sweet sadness in her eyes, and I don't know, like it wasn't yeah. written in. Like there were maybe slight problems, but they were overall happy. And I I don't know, like I I thought it was it was like a dynamic character that you can kind of infer a lot of stuff. Yeah, I I think again, but I think that that speaks to her acting ability. She sure. did a very good job at portraying that. I think I actually didn't like the flashbacks. They didn't have to do that. I actually was more interested in their relationship before the flashbacks mm-hmm. happened. Like, oh, what right. did happen? Why are they why are they so upset? And then they could have probably built it on as they were acting. Uh, but instead they did a flashback. I think that was like a mm-hmm. someone was probably like, oh, just add a flashback. I don't know. <laughs> Could we do some actual exposition here? Uh, no, flashback, flashback, flashback. Yeah, like that was like a big issue that I had was they didn't build it up. Like I just didn't know what had happened at the end. And it's not one of those situations where like their relationship thing was interesting enough where it's like, ooh, what was the mystery behind what was the problem? And it's just like, 
okay i just never really got a clear answer of what the issue was um why she turned him down and like all that unless i missed something but like i i think she states it later she uses she just goes i just want i'm not ready ready. which which god i i think is just such a cheap excuse yeah, I don't, but I, like, yeah. even if yeah, you're yeah. not ready, that doesn't mean that, like, you're breaking. Like, they were acting like it's the end of their relationship. And, like, just because she's not ready. <sighs> hey, man. It's got to be hey, awkward, man. though. Especially like, when you come back and see a huge romantic setup of candles Ooh, and yeah. rose petals. Because then you <laughs> have right, to, like, all right, well, now we have to he awkwardly was... clean this up. And I think even worse for him, so he get you know, they go to a wedding. His proposal gets rejected afterwards. He then has Why to go back home. would you propose at a home. wedding? Why would well, you I think I think it's wedding? mentioned like I, I think do it's think mentioned that's tacky. afterwards. I that's think so it's mentioned tacky. it was after the reception, but still the same day still as the wedding is still tacky. Yeah, but yeah. It comes back and then she sees this huge romantic gesture he made. Clearly, nothing comes of that. But then, like things start to get a little hot and heavy with you know between him. So I think he's yeah. like, all right, well, at least you know I'm gonna you know at least I'm gonna have some sex. And then the, the knocking on the door starts happening. So I can only imagine him just eternally being like, I can't even nut. <laughs> he got cock knocked. I don't yeah. think I would have even been able to, man. No. Yeah. He he said like his true feelings, which by the way is not what she's doing. Because that is a bullshit line. It's just, it's an excuse not to give your actual critique of why the relationship could not progress into something deeper. But anyway, he says, this is so embarrassing, is all he says. Like, he is so embarrassed. And that's what it is. It's just embarrassing. Because he truly believed that it was going to be a resounding yes. And so it sucks, man. And I guess we also don't know, like, how long they've been in the relationship. I don't think it's mentioned. Yes. So we don't know if this has, like, been, you know... A year, is it a Michael Scott situation years. where they've been together yeah. for like it sure weeks. could be it's been yeah. a couple weeks it may be right well <laughs> they that, actually that's just what I was thinking met was at like, the wedding like I can't imagine asking that like proposing with even a tiny bit of doubt yeah. like when I proposed it was yeah. guaranteed yes yeah and Chris and Dan you guys were with your partners for I was yeah. like all right it's been it's been 10 years right all right so there's no <laughs> way there's no... <laughs> also i feel like you so know we have a mortgage you're together in... you're locked down yeah we have bitch. a mortgage together <laughs> yeah. i think it's about time like also like yeah. you know if you've been with someone for a certain amount of time you know a good couple of years and the relationship's strong like i feel like you definitely have the conversation of like do you see us getting married like i feel like you have that conversation before mm-hmm. the proposal happens yeah, yeah. like to me, a proposal should not be this kind of surprise. Wait a second. Like, are, are, but, are we all coming around to the fact that Liv Tyler is actually the villain here? And they have she is not a villain. Yeah. She is not She's written n- like a villain. She <laughs> no. had this conversation and she no. was like, no, I, you know what? I changed my mind. <laughs> she never changed her mind. Well, kind of at the end, but I mean, they went through some shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would say you're allowed to like at least maybe change your mind, at least give him like some kind of happiness no. in the moment. She changed her mind earlier on, didn't she? Put the ring on like she after he left. She was trying it on. She yeah, she's yeah, she's, she's playing with the game, but, she but clearly he it. didn't know the ring size because it got stuck on her finger. Guys, are we ever going to talk about the horror aspect of this movie, or are we no. just gonna... <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to watch Friends or Sex in the City after this? Like, what yes. are we doing? Yes, they were on. On a break. Will they? Won't they? We don't know. <laughs> they won't. They're dead. <laughs> the grainy element of the of the final product. So, like the perfect example is like when we mm-hmm. first see the man in the mask. The first time we see the man in the mask is when he just pops up out of frame, 
in a grainy picture where he is out of focus. And it is just absolutely mortifying because it's one of those things that is only meant for the audience. It's not meant for the characters. A lot of the scares, sometimes like a cheap ploy is when like the, I feel like the audience knows things too far ahead of the characters going through it. And so it kind of like, it diminishes the suspense a little bit. But in this way, I feel like it was just the right amount of poking and prodding that like we see it like just before the characters do. And so like mm. this is it actually adds to the suspense. What I like is that in that moment, like she is the the focal point of the scene, like she is dead center of the shot and you can just barely see behind her. All of a sudden, he just kind of comes into frame. And it's not very obvious at first, because I remember the first time I saw mm. it. I think it was almost until like the shot changed and it was a different scene. I think the last second I noticed like, Oh, what the fuck was that? Yeah. It, it's a triple taker. And it's definitely one of those, uh, it, it lines itself up for like the girl. He's right behind you. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Do something. yeah. I'm so sad. I didn't see this in theaters. Cause you're right. That had to be what was happening. Just yeah, absolute anarchy in that theater. Did you? Okay. Oh yeah. Did you have sex with anybody no, during no, this no. movie or I did not just, yeah, just, just Dan. Dan. Well, I had sex with Dan. Oh, okay. Oh, that firm was there. Yeah. (laughs) I'm happy they focused the shot on something else other than weird, rusty water filling a bathtub or a tub of bluebell ice cream. Mm -hmm. What was up with that water? And don't talk shit on that ice cream. No, yeah, we got to talk about both. I'd have ate that. I'd have ate that fucking ice cream up. It just melts. It just melts for like three hours straight, and we see every second of it. Sad. Really, honestly, the worst loss in the whole movie. Um, yeah, the the ice cream was. I saw him, I saw him like pull it out and go to eat, and I was like, "My man, just got the tub." I, I felt yeah. that. I was like, "Yeah." He was putting on the Dawson's Creek marathon. <laughs> yeah. He's like, <laughs> "Everybody hurts." Yeah, but I, you know what? I I wrote down why is the water discolored, and just like I was like, ah, "I'm not going to bring that up." It was probably just you know they put some shit in the water like that fragrant stuff or whatever oh yeah or nope. could have, you or brought it up some... now i don't think it was <laughs> i i think it's just it's just rusty pipes or like and also like it, said, like it says like childhood like summer home so like they could be the first people there, like using any of the stuff for yes, like a good years. while <laughs> except for when he went you know and laid out all the rose petals and stuff you know probably gonna check the water and stuff at that point but now he says it he's not sure if the roses go in before yeah. or after the water okay, he doesn't okay. know i was I was really, th- I, I feel like Liv Tyler's got her shit together. You know, like she's like, she's got a career. She's like making, making money and shit. What do you think? What do you think our boy Scott's doing? Hold on. Are, can we infer that from no, this we, movie? Why do you she's infer that? Got her shit why do you infer that? <laughs> she just seems like he's, she's got her shit together. Cause That's, she's hot. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, so is he, man. They're both yeah. hot people. Scott Speedster, uh, my, whatever the fuck his name is. Speedman. 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 Um, my question to you is, what jobs do you think they have? He does shoe shining, <laughs> I think. He looks like a shoe uh, shiner. I can see that. And she is does real estate, but she only does do for real like, estate. Holy shit. But only for like ants like like bugs see i yeah she does like, like bug she, real estate i thought of her as like a door-to-door toothpaste saleswoman oh or vacuum yeah. salesperson yeah. i could see that I but like it's 2008 but she's selling 1950s vacuums see now i i uh-huh. think he's like 
a gas like a gas attendant and there's nothing wrong with that it's just the vibe that i got from mm. him like i was a gas attendant at one time but it's just the vibe i get from him like i'm like i know that vibe <laughs> if anyone works with gas it's her because she's just gaslighting the shit out of this fucking guy <laughs> she's just like she's slowly creeping around looking pretty she's like i'm sorry that i've ruined everything wanna fuck and like i like I sure hope somebody doesn't knock yeah, on his door. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to dance right now. Stop touching me when I turn on this sad Merle Haggard song. Look, look. Girlfriend's got a nut. Okay? I'm sulking. Leave her, leave her base. She's got That's, a nut. I would have shot her in the head with the champagne cork, dude. <laughs> a thousand percent. Yeah, I, she tried to just diffuse the awkward uh, situation with uh, boobs, which is honestly good, good, good tactic. Great tactic. It's a good choice. But yeah, I don't know, man. Okay. Why the fuck did they open the door? Why did they even answer the door? Someone's coming to my door at that time of night. I'm going to see if they're going to go the fuck away. Like, I'm yeah, not going to answer point, the it's door. Like, it's so late. It's like 4 a.m. by that point, I think. It yes. is. Uh, they think it's 4, but it's actually 4.05. <laughs> also, man, for 4 a.m., I don't know what part of the planet they're on, but it was still quite dark for 4 a.m. Is the part of the planet that you're winter? on not dark at 4 a.m.? Right. It's winter still, bro. Was it winter there? They even said it's cold. Yeah, they said they're like, oh, oh I guess it's it was cold South out. Carolina. I'm thinking like snow would be on the ground just to like really nah. like drive nah, the nail home. You know. But yeah, why the fuck would you open the door? Yeah, like, no, I, not, I don't. Never. They didn't even just answer. They were like opening the door just like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. Come on hey, in. I was about to get a sad mm-hmm. nut. How can I help you? <laughs> yeah. In that situation, man, I might have invited her in. Been like, well, <laughs> you know what? Let me just I, got nothing you know, to lose. Not, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not getting engaged. Might as well shoot my shot. Yeah, I think man. Liv Tyler would invite her in too. She'd be like, ah, I got nothing to lose. Come on in, Emma. She wants to. She says it a couple times. Like, what do you think she wants? And he's like, I don't know. They always want something. And she's like, what? What are you doing? He's like, I don't know. Maybe I go out there and talk what to if her. Tamara was code for street <laughs> drugs, like Molly. She makes yeah. me want to dance as Tamara here, which just is code for like, you want to fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. 2008 was a crazy time. It was or... a crazy time. The market crashed. It was great. It was a good time. <laughs> Yeah, maybe she was just looking for like a mortgage rate, like a fixed mortgage rate or something. Maybe. Like, <laughs> is Tamara here? Tamara is a 4.0 like, percent. <laughs> the market was in shambles, so maybe 4 a.m. is when you're going to get the best deal. That's true. The last thing I'll say is let, let me hit you guys with a scenario. Hey, I'm going to go get you cigarettes. Oh, I'll come to. End of the movie. Yeah. All done. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> Today, smoking saved lives. <laughs> or, yeah. or she just doesn't go back and answer the fucking door by herself. What the fuck? Why do we keep doing this? Or, or my dude grows a pair and says, it's 4 a.m. You just rejected me to get married. I'm not going out for no cigarettes. They're bad for you anyway. I'm going to bed. Done. That's that post nut clarity <laughs> that you're talking about, Kyle. They, he's not. Yeah, that. Right yeah, now. yeah, that. Yeah, that's not post. He's not in the it, right mind. No, he's yeah. not in the right mind. Not neither of them are. They're both. They're going crazy right now. Yeah. She's definitely going crazy. I bet having a big strong man around the house sounds pretty fucking good right now, huh, Liv Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he has yeah. a mask on. I mean, th- there was a big strong man in the house, just you know, not the one she wanted. I didn't know he was there. So here's an argument that I, I've seen a lot. Do you think if they hadn't answered the door, however they were home, would the situation have been changed? Would the outcome yes. have been different? Yes, I think they would have gone to a different home. You think so? Yeah. yeah. All 
four of them in this like tiny little section. I don't know. I, I maybe think I think things so. Would have still happened. I think so too. She didn't say because you answered the door. Yeah, she they just said because, because you, were, you home. were home. Yeah. Like, they probably watched them pull up and enter the house. Like, they probably would have just stayed there watching ah, them. But but that statement, because you were home, implies that there's no logic behind what they're doing. So you're trying to put logic to illogical people. So you really think that they would stick around if they weren't certain that they were home? I don't know if I'm injecting logic as much as I'm injecting intent. Their intent was to do bad shit. Yes. Alright, if we got nothing else, then I'm gonna hop into part two, which is a little bit shorter, just because the way the last, the next like two thirds of the movie goes, kind of, kind of hard to find a good spot to split it. Uh, but after we see uh, Man in the Mask watching Kristen, uh, she leaves the kitchen, notices the smoke alarm she left on the floor is now sitting perfectly on a chair, and realizes someone's been in the house. Uh, she goes to get her cell phone from the charger that she had plugged in and finds it's missing and she starts to freak out uh, when she hears a noise from the backyard. She grabs a knife, opens the curtains to find uh, the man in the mask staring at her. Uh, horrified, she stumbles into the hallway and watches the front door is forced open. Uh, when she tries to close the door, Dollface peers inside, which Dollface was the uh, blonde woman from before asking about Tamara. Kristen locks the door and retreats back to the bedroom as the stranglers bang on the walls of the house uh, right before James returns. After that, Kristen explains to him what's been going on. James goes to his car to get his phone, but realizes his car has been broken into and his phone's gone. They both try to leave in the car, but the strangers block the road and the truck, smashing into their car, forcing them to go back inside the house. Okay. I hate how calm they are. They're so calm <laughs> throughout this whole thing. Like, they're not freaking out at all. They're being hunted, and they're just, like, pretty chill. And here's where... I didn't like their characters. I, I don't like how calm he is. And I hate all her reactions. She's just like, do you think it will be okay? Like, just like real quiet and like not panicky. And it's just like, it just doesn't feel acted very well. It doesn't feel real. It's, I, I, I don't know. It takes me out of it. She is very soft-spoken, but I think like they, they said that. Who the fuck is soft-spoken in a situation like this? Like, yeah, <laughs> maybe live Tyler. What? God, oh, okay. In that case, what would Kyle be like in this situation? <laughs> like huh. his wife. His wife's like, someone in the house. He's like, hmm. I bet it's fine. And then he sees people just like beating down the door, and he just turns to her. He's like, hey, it's fine. It's 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 gonna be okay. Get get the gun, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> my darling, would you? Fetch the musket from our bedroom. <laughs> Excuse me while I take 30 minutes to get this ready, but by golly, once it's ready, I will possibly maybe hit them. Those ne'er-do-wells <laughs> won't know what hits them. It's not about actually hitting them. It's the fear of the musket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I will say, like, with him being not as panicky, I can see that is, you know, if he's panicking and she's panicking, that's not going to solve anything, and I guess he's just trying to... I don't know, somehow mm. keep her like level headed in this situation, which uh, that's my that's my yeah. somewhat argument on it. I I hear that. I, I think uh, I, I still would have tried to drive past them in the truck. I was like, oh, man, they're blocking our only route. And I'm like, at this point, fuck everyone else's like nice, pretty yard. Like, yeah. I'm going to mm. drive onto someone's yard they're and just, just try and go around them. My car is probably faster than their shitty truck. So illogical. Eh, they're just acting there. so illogical to me. Yeah. Like. I don't know why he goes out to his car 
and then he goes back inside. It's like he made it to the car, but then he went back inside. Almost like if you're following the movie, it seems like he's telegraphing. Oh, wait, we should be like protecting against if he gets back in his car rather than him just getting in the car right then and there and driving off and trying to get help. Also, there's like some amount of time before they actually steal the phone stuff, the batteries and whatever and whatever. Why didn't they call the police? It's just so many illogical steps that are occurring. And I, I just couldn't stick with it. Well, they got her phone. Well, her phone. Her, they got her phone. They got phone hers, dead. but yeah. he had his. In the car, which then wasn't there in the car when he went out to go check it, which is why he went out there in the first place. He got freaked out and then okay, came yeah, back in. And then the phones weren't attached to us the way they are now. I feel let me, like. Let me, let me ask you a question, though. Cause, so the cell phone's charging on the genuine question cell phone's charging on the dock for her while he's out buying her cigarettes uh potentially coming back and she gets the second knock on the door is feeling very nervous at this point grabs a knife all this her phone's still there wouldn't you call the cops at that point isn't that yeah, the point that where point, you you're call not the cops and i will say at least to like slightly counter that we know after that moment she go like with the door the second time is when she goes into the kitchen and that's when we see the man in the mask behind her it's quite possible that when she went to the door the second time after putting her phone on the thing he could have grabbed her phone and thrown we, it in the fire at that moment but we know that she has the phone because she calls him she calls him immediately after she gets scared. Well, she calls she calls him on the landline, which then when she call at, like during that conversation is when like it gets cut off, like the strangers outside cut the line. And the batteries, I, I will say, I remember them being vastly different. Like it, it, it was more difficult to make a call when it was charging from like zero charge. Uh, yeah. But that is a fair question, Dan. Another legitimate question I have is, could you chirp nine one one off of a Nokia phone? You guys remember when you could chirp? You could, yeah. I, I had a chirp. Yeah. I had a chirp. I think you could. Could I chirp nine one one? Yeah, yeah. You could make like an emergency call. I'm pretty sure. You could make an emergency chirp. Weird. But I'm dying because because you would dial the numbers <laughs> just like normal. So there was like an yeah. actual number that you would dial for. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily nine one one, but there was like an emergency uh, chirp line. Would they chirp you back? Yeah, where you at? But seriously, imagine that exchange. But seriously, where you at? So we can send help for you. Yeah. No, no, no. We do want to not have you murdered. So, like, please. yeah. So, like, all no, of so, me aside. So, like, if you could quickly funny, chirp but... back, I know we're having a great time here. But uh, can you please tell us where you're at? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have fun here. But seriously, where are you? We'll send uh, emergency vehicles right away. It's just. It seemed like these are all split second decisions, but it was just a lot of split second decisions that. Every single one, it seemed like they were choosing the wrong decision. And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. And it just kept happening. But that was just me. I do like that we get kind of this big reveal at this point, right? We've we've seen like little glimpses of the masks. And and more so than the mask, we've, we've gotten like like a half glimpse of Dollface at this point, right? Because she was like dimly lit. And that's actually thematic throughout the movie. It's shot in a way that like they have edited it specifically so that we'll just get the tiniest little glimpse of their face. But it's as if the mask is still there, right? But what what did we think of like the masks? I love the masks. Yeah, it's very cool. As simplistic as it is, that's one of the key differences between this movie and a lot of the other home invasion movies within the genre that are considered, you know, as or, Mm. you know, of similar importance. Yeah, like Scream. 
I guess it's semi home invasion. I would at least say agree that the the first scene of Scream is home invasion. Yes. Right. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so, and that that has like a what would turn out to be a, a cheapo mask that anybody could buy at the store very shortly after. But yeah, it's a the homemadeness of it just shows that they're they're really into this. They're like into it for fun. Like they they're still like hiding their identity, mm-hmm. but. They, they didn't go out and buy hockey masks or anything mm. else that would be, you know, identified potentially. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Very, they very didn't break into a hardware store and take a William Shatner mask. No, they didn't. But I now beg the question, like, if we were a murderous band of ne'er-do-wells, what would, like, are, are we going to have, like, a theme, like, with a, with our own little murder rampage? My mask What's would be... What's our masks? My, mine would be your face. <laughs> my, my face? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I get Kyle's. Yes. Yes, yes. Kyle gets Chris. Chris gets yours. Yeah. Yes. They'll never find us. Love that idea, first of all. <laughs> I think a Mike Myers, not Halloween, but like Mike yes, the... Myers of Austin Powers would be a great option. Have you I seen think... Baby Driver? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. horse masks are a little impractical. I own one already, so that, that's, that's, yeah, that's good right. for me. Well, good, good or bad. There's definitely a level of anonymity there. Like you definitely couldn't be able to make out a face or hair color or any of that. But the eye slits, a touch small, might be problematic. Or those uh those crazy super realistic baby masks. Yes. Yes. No. Oh yeah. Oh. oh, that's pretty good. I I really love masks that are like purposely supposed to be disarming, right? Like they're not scary. But I find that those are often the scariest ones. Very much in the same way that like Dollface and uh, the girls use them. Those tend to be the scariest ones. So I think if we all use no. dog masks, you know, the ones that you, like the mandible move, like it just. Yeah, yeah, I think if we all get go- dog masks and we talk in cartoon voices, I think we'd be pretty terrifying, boys. It's because you were home. <laughs> now now that's all i want to see i, I want to see goofy home invasion movie that's what i want oh to take your mask off <laughs> could we could we have arranged choreography and and songs to break out in yes during the murderous rampage i think that's the i only think way. that would fuck him up more yeah i didn't talk about this in the first part um but it's one of my favorite parts the part where it was that big reveal and the record is skipping. She's listening to the record and then all of a sudden it's just skipping and yes. skipping and skipping and skipping. And like it's very big budget kind of vibe to it. But God, I fucking loved that shit. Like I ate that shit up. I was like, hell yes, this is this is a good suspense vibe to it. And it just felt like natural, like a record skipping, mm-hmm. whatever. Yep. I, I just wanted to give the movie praise where I can. Like, I, I love that part. I think some of the best tension building I've seen in a movie, the only thing that I can think of that's really close would be the autopsy of Jane Doe as open up your heart and let the sun chime in and like all the bodies mm-hmm. disappear and like that level of crescendo is what it builds to. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear the record scratch and like the, the needle is lifted and you still don't see a murderer. Like, yeah. like it's not realized it's just nothing just in the air there. after that. Yeah, it just yes. sits there. It's as yeah, it's as if a monster is just staring at you because it's right there and you know it. It's it's beautiful, beautiful scene building. 
All right, we've got nothing else. Let me jump into the last part and bring it on home. So after getting back in the house, Kristen and James find a shotgun in the bedroom and they wait there for the strangers to come in. Uh, Mike finally arrives on the scene, which they shoot out his windshield. And as he enters the home to try and find James and Kristen, James mistakes him for one of the strangers and shoots him in the face. Devastated by this, uh, James remembers there's an old radio transmitter in a barn on the property. He leaves and encounters Pinup Girl, our third stranger, uh, searching the backyard with a flashlight. When James tries to shoot her, the man in the mask ambushes him and knocks him unconscious, inadvertently discharging the shotgun. Kristen hears the shot and runs to the barn. Uh, she finds the radio, but Pinup Girl smashes it with an axe. Kristen then rushes back to the house and encounters Dollface, who taunts her with a knife. She tries to escape, but is knocked unconscious by the man in the mask. And at dawn, the couple wake up to find themselves tied to chairs in the living room with the stranger standing before them. Kristen attempts to plead with them, demanding an explanation for their actions, to which Dollface simply replies, because you were home. The strangers unmask themselves to Kristen and James before taking turns, stabbing them both repeatedly. Uh, shortly after, it appears Kristen is alive and tries to answer Mike's phone, but is stopped by the man in the mask, and th who then leaves. Afterwards, the strangers drive away in the truck, and they come across two young boys on bikes handing out uh, religious pamphlets. Dollface steps up to them, uh, gets out of the car, and steps up to him, asks if she can have one of the pamphlets, uh, and one of the boys asks her, are you a sinner? And she responds, sometimes. Boys give her one, the strangers drive away, as Pinup Girl states, it'll be easier next time. The two boys come upon the house where they discover the, the bloodied bodies of Kristen James and Mike inside. One of the boys approaches Kristen's body and attempts to touch it, and as he reaches out, Kristen, still alive, startles him by grabbing his hand and screaming. And that is the end of the movie. Do you think they ever found Tamara? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only question I was left with. Where is she? That's a good question. Some say they're still yeah, looking. They're still killing people to find her. Some say they're still knocking on doors at 4 a.m. to find out. What, what if they knocked on a door and they were like, is Tamara here? Uh... Yeah, hang on. Tamara, and then a little kid comes out. <laughs> yeah, what if, what, what if someone has actually Tamara in the house, they walk up, hi, can I help you? If by the fifth movie we don't find Tamara, I think I'm giving up on this franchise. Yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> did, did we need her to be alive at the end, though? Didn't that kind of take away from we it? Didn't. Nah. No, we didn't. I think, I, it I, did. I, yeah, I think some people, I think it's slightly left ambiguous since it stops there like because i would say there's a good chance she could probably bled out before help really arrived because i know if you remember at the beginning dead. of the movie they mentioned that like you know this is based on like an, an actual investigation or whatever which it says like the details are still unclear so which i think if she was alive at the very end like i feel like the details wouldn't be that unclear because she'd be able to tell them everything that happened and since they took their masks off she could describe how each of them looks so like I like to think that, yeah, she screamed when the boys came in, but I think that she died before, you know, any kind of hmm. information could be given. Like probably en route to the hospital, she probably died. Just felt like every 2000s ending to a horror movie. <laughs> like It needed to have some jump. Here comes that last jump. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It needed just that last jump scare. And, and like they made fun of in scream where he says and here's the moment when the the killer yeah. is supposedly dead uh -huh. but comes back for one last scare like it's the same thing yeah it goes meta there but honestly i mean it goes meta there because of instances like this like you mm -hmm. see it coming 
And, uh, you know, I think it's important to remember that this is like probably moments after they've left because it's not far down yeah. the road that we encounter the killers mm-hmm. with the two Mormon boys. So it, so it's possible she still might have been alive. But I think it's kind of totally out of character that they wouldn't have stabbed them like a hundred times each. The way yeah. they played with them in the lead up, I feel like I almost wanted kind of like a Rob Zombie-esque kind of shot where it's just like a hodgepodge of different like camera angles of just gore and blood strewn about the house. That was kind of what I was hoping for. What I would have preferred is like, we already saw the, the scene of her crawling towards the phone. It's like, okay, she's still somewhat alive, but then you know she's stop from doing anything by you know the man in the mask and then he leaves what i would have preferred like we saw that and then as the boys show up maybe just a trail of blood as she tried to like crawl away maybe out of the house and then she died there so like maybe show like off screen she still like Mm -hmm. gave one last effort and then you know that would have been better yeah i i would have preferred that yeah i wasn't a a big fan of the ending either i mean not to say that no one can stab a, uh, multiple stab wounds or sorry, can take multiple stab wounds, especially from a deep kind of blunt knife. Um, that knife did not look like it was going to be a good time going in or out. That, that was definitely like an Airbnb knife where they haven't sharpened it in like 20 <laughs> yeah. years, but they got it from Ikea. They also it rubbed it against the blackboard on the ceiling, too. Oh, man. <laughs> just to give it that extra flavor. Yeah, as you do. But yeah, I I just don't think it's. I mean, there's a there's a plenty of things that aren't realistic uh, I, in a lot of these movies. I think that's probably the the immersion breaker is like multiple multiple stab wounds, and she's still kind of still kicking, yeah. not bleeding out mm-hmm. hours later. Yeah, I don't know, man. Question yeah. mark. I mean, all of this it's it should be clear to anyone watching that this was based that those true events that it was based on is 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 based on the Manson Helter Skelter yeah. crime wave. With, with that in mind, like the brutality that they were able to kind of allude to, yeah, it it just seemed like it would have been a little gorier, could have been. But what a fucking nightmare for this couple, right? There are they're being home invaded. They're like like an hour away from you know being tied up and murdered, and the only solace they get prior to this is he shoots his best friend in the fucking head. Wow, yeah. holy fuck, man, Jarvis, how? How much did it drive you crazy that he tried to use the shotgun as a long range weapon? He's just like so far away from the person. He's like, all right, here's my one shot I have. It's my one shot. (laughs) (laughs) It would have done it, man. It would have done it. It was a relatively short barrel, so it's got a wide spread on it. I think think at that distance, it was a fair shot. Buckshot. You think he's shooting a slug out of that? I'll tell you what he wasn't shooting, Dan. He wasn't shooting a crossbow, so he had a fucking chance because he wasn't being a big (laughs) pussy. (laughs) Anyone who's listened to our show, another home invasion episode, check out our show Hush to hear how much Dan hates crossbows. Dude, all right. I love (laughs) if if we're comparing this to Hush, I love this movie. (laughs) That had to be that had to be the dumbest guy I've seen in a movie ever. That guy had no idea what he was doing. At least these people knew what they were doing. I, I will say at by the end of this movie, I was getting a little bored. Like I was like, all right, can they like kill them or not kill them? Like let's let's get on with the show here. I've seen enough. There's just nothing else to do. Like we're gonna kill them or not. Let's do it. Yeah, they they were like cats playing with their yeah. cats with playing their food, you know, just like not smacking it around. Absolutely. Yeah. No. No, it's oh, pretty cute. Oh, it's kind of, <laughs> oh, it's like kind a of baby bird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So obviously this is <laughs> you son of a bitch. This is more 
this is more like a, a a lore question, I guess. But like, how are all the killers related? How do we think? Which is a fantastic question because that kind of segues into like it gives the audience something to focus on other than the sheer terror is like you want to like come up with something about these characters because we learn virtually nothing about them we don't see them so we can't really tell if there's like relation there if it's just a friend group it's it's just a really interesting premise even in their masks like it's the girls you can kind of see they probably they may have even come from the same location but this guy just kind of threw on a burlap sack and cut the eye holes like it's (laughs) it's just different enough and interesting enough that it leads to so many questions yeah, I I would go with a uh, father, mother, daughter is is my my brain going you with like, so, it's a family huh? of murderers. They look uh, similar in age, know. I thought. I yeah, I I think they're all teenagers. I think that they're just kids. I think it's you know, I blame my parents kind of status, uh just kids being kids and just like ah, my upbringing. It's not a phase, mom. Wait, you accuse your parents? <laughs> you accuse your I parents? I accuse you my parents. parents. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I think that that's plausible i just the the burlap sack guy had like a heavier deep breathing like a very particular set of breathing as like throughout the whole movie they 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 like really amped it up so i don't know it just seemed like an old man kind of breathing but he could just have asthma (laughs) that's true i think it was really interesting to have like the two females as opposed to just like you know, so, something more typical, yeah. like you would think like a band of guys. If you think of something like I spit on your grave, where it's just a bunch of like horny, fucked up redneck hillbillies that are going to, you know, rape and kill you. That seems kind of the easier, the lazier way to write this. But I love how creepy the women are. And I got to ask, like, do you think in this instance, like murder, mass murder is an act of feminism? Like, do you think the news flash is going to be like, is mass murder the new feminism? Why a recent string of brutal killings is making big waves in the women's movement? Or at 11. <laughs> I mean, why do I have to wait till 11? We don't know enough about the two main characters, but they, they could be huge sexists. They I don't know. Be. Do you think they were targeted? That's what I mean. Can we just like widely speculate mm. about these people? Like, let's go. Yeah, let's go broad. <laughs> <laughs> As as four cis white men, absolutely, I think, we, yeah. we can. I think he was a member of the KKK, and yep. she supported uh, Margaret Thatcher. So there you go. Mm. I do uh, love the Iron Lady, Margaret Thatcher, naked on a cold yeah, day. I, there you go. I think they're both Nazis. I'm just saying. <laughs> throw it, it out there. Throw it out there. Got it. You guys want to go even broader? Yes. I think the strangers are from the future, and those and, and the two mm. that are murdered go on some sort of nazi string of humanity ending that's not a sentence i like it that's dumb no this is dumb <laughs> we're getting worse hey it's a it's, it's a tagline <laughs> nazi future nazi humanity humanity future. and future again all ended in one night by nazis uh yeah no i uh that's the that's the nice thing about this film again one of my favorite genres of the main characters don't live because they shouldn't or they kind of don't they probably shouldn't uh and then yeah the the killers get away sure makes for a good next movie i'm I'm into it i I want more lore let's do it also i I mean i think it really speaks to how much this movie like permeated like into the horror scene we see it in like Cabin in the Woods even, right? Like we have the Strangers-esque kind of people who like walk out of that one yes, that one chamber, 
like there was a clear reference to them. Yeah, it's like very clear. So it's 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 impressive, like how much this really like uh, sticks with people in American horror culture. Yeah, if we got nothing else, I I think I'd like to take it over to the, the spoopy meter. Dan, what you got for this week's rating? Can scale? anyone tell me what kind of car they were driving? I can't. Damn. God damn no. it. God uh, damn it. Looked like a, it looked like a Corsica. You can't <laughs> tell that it was a 1986 Volvo 240. Come on, guys. Damn it, guys. Sure. Okay, so maybe he's an architect. Dan. <laughs> it's all architects like Volvo. So Dan, we, ha- we asked you to hop off the earlier re- um, because we've decided that we're going to do a new thing where we all take bets on what the spoopy meter is. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and I thought we were yeah, all wrong. All wrong. Uh, I thought you were going to reference the amount of ice cream that was in that bluebell container. Oh, I thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I actually agreed with Jarvis on the ice cream. I had something that I don't remember now, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, it was completely wrong. So I really like this new game, and it's making me want to be. A little more clever with my <laughs> spoopy meters moving forward. So 118 is hey. the top of the scale, yes? <laughs> yeah, 118. Yeah, 0 to 118. Uh, How fast are you going to get to the movie theater? So let's see. 118. I think this was a fun romp. Even an hour and a half, I think it was just slightly too long. I think they were just, I don't know. It could have been, could have been a little bit shorter. I don't know. I think it was still a very good movie. I wasn't scared, but I wasn't not scared. It, it did a very good job at portraying being broken into. So for me, I'm going, man, I want to make a song reference and say I can't drive 55, but I don't really want to do that either. 60 mile, 69 mile hour is, is a funny number. Uh, I'm going to go 80, I think. I'll go 80. That's, that's about uh, a little higher than half, actually. So 90, 90 miles an hour to the movies. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be going a little faster than Kyle. I'll probably go about, uh, I'm going to go a hundred miles an hour to, to get there to see it. Uh, I did see this in theaters when it first came out and I will say watching, this is the first time I've seen it since that point. So I haven't seen this movie in 15 years, but there was something that stayed with me ever since I first saw this movie. And that was mainly, you know, how I acted when I'm home alone. Like when I saw this movie, I was like 15 years old and after that point if i was ever home by myself i constantly went around and like double checked triple checked all the doors make sure everything was locked and that's what i constantly did and even to this day like even i i am a man in my 30s who when he's home alone like and you know the lady's not here like i make sure the doors are locked and make sure the alarm system set it, this movie put that home invasion like fear in me and uh, uh just be- because of that i i have a soft spot for this movie so yeah uh, 100 miles an hour i'm gonna hit it right at 99 I, th- I think it's a really good movie home invasion is typically not one of the subgenres of horror that i i typically gravitate toward this this one just plays on really honest fears i think it's shot beautifully i think the story is great and it leaves you wanting more so I, I really actually enjoyed this more than I more than I thought I would having seen it before. But w- watching it again was I, I don't know. It went down very smoothly. So, yeah, 99 miles per hour. I'm going to go a solid 75 miles per hour. I'm not going to quite hit that Jersey 80. I just think 
in 2008, I think I would have gone like pretty high up, 100, something like that. But in 2024, where I've seen other home invasion kind of movies and other horror movies where it's like about inviting people in, we just did uh, Speak No Evil. And that kind of is similar in some sense, um, where I just think those movies are so much better. So I, I, and even I mentioned Funny Games earlier, I just think that's like such a better movie. Um, and it was done, it was done 11 years prior to this one. So it, it's good. It's, it's fun. It's an American movie. It feels like a big budget kind of movie. Um, and yeah, yeah, it was okay. It was all right. Let Tyler. Live. Well, with that, I guess you can tell that we all at least thought the movie was okay to good. So go ahead and go to your local theater and watch The Strangers from 2008, 16 years ago. Otherwise, uh, you can thank us. You can go ahead and rate us, review us. You can check us out on the Instagrams and all the other fun stuff. You can thank uh, Andrew Cavanaugh for our intro and outro music. And you can thank Charvis for doing our editing. The man, the myth, the machine. Yeah, we, we love we love spinning the tiny wheel, which is how we get most of our, our movies. But add yours to the tiny wheel. What movie do you want us to watch? What genre? What style? Tell us. Tell us anything. And uh, if you're going to tell something, Chris, what do you want to tell all of the home invaders out there? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. I don't know who coined it, but it's when you sit on your hand for a certain amount of time <laughs> until it goes numb. Uh-huh. Um, and then? And then, well, yeah, I, I've never done it. So like, you break into I, somebody's I, home and slap them with it. Is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Now, question, Chris, if I sit on a stranger's hand uh-huh. and then they jerk me off with the other hand, is that uh-huh. still is that a very is that like another flavor of the stranger? Maybe. Or am I just is that think, just a homeless guy? I'm jerking off on a bus. Yeah, yeah, I think it's just well, a someone's got to do it. Yeah. It's, Honestly, it's like community service. Someone's I was about it. to say, everyone's definition of community service is different. I don't really understand why you guys have these judgmental looks on your faces. <laughs> Trash can Johnny? Yeah. <laughs> you know I... my OnlyFans handle? 